Science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. We are back from our... Well, I guess we're not back from our long time away because we recorded four episodes. You got them at roughly the normal time, but we haven't done this for four weeks, so I don't even... Is this a microphone? Is this working? <laughs> don't How does it... We have no way to tell. One. I believe I'm still Matt Kirshen, and I believe I'm sat opposite Andy Wood. As far as I know, still true. Um, but you are the... You, it should be said you are the radio voice version of Matt Kirshen, because the way you just started there, <laughs> you went from like, yeah, yeah, I sh- shall I start? And then you kind Hello. of moved closer and you went, hello, welcome to the show. <laughs> You're like little Kermit, Matt Kirshen. This is a... Uh, hello. <laughs> London, 3401. London, <laughs> London calling. <laughs> Jerry is close. Um, so that was the way. We, ha- we have a double guest episode. Uh, we'll introduce our guest, and then we have a little bit of um, exciting admin for the weekend for about PodFest and some other stuff. But I'm very happy about this. Right now, uh, like every so often, I'm, I'm back in the UK a couple of times a year, so I get to see friends. But every so often, friends come over here, and then I'm like, Rick can come on our show and hang out. And we've got two of them right here, right now. Yeah. Uh, the fantastic and hilarious Stuart Goldsmith. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be fantastic and hilarious. Host of the Comedian's Comedian podcast. Yes, I am. And also someone who is roughly my age, but I was a fan of like five years before I did stand-up because she started Aww. when she was a freaking child. Uh, Embryonic at, comedian. <laughs> uh, the brilliant Josie Long. Oh, thank you. Hello. I'm, I'm so excited to be in uh, Los Angeles uh, just for the sheer array of soft drinks with no calories in. It's insane. <laughs> it's off the charts, guys. I had like a drink that was water that has had touched a watermelon once. Okay. <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing. Homeopathic water. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was read a story about orange. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I salute you guys. Thank you. We and love our weird aspartame based drinks. Yeah. I will drink that stuff until my bones crumble away. <laughs> is that what it does? It probably is. That probably is what it does. I, I think we've done does. stories about. I think there's a lot of people that think that fake sweeteners. Um, are worse for you than sugar, but I don't think it's actually been proven. It's one of those things that... The thing I've got in my mind about about kind of sweet drinks at the minute is that someone recently has kind of... Got, or what's recently entered my consciousness is that fruit juice... I, I grew up thinking fruit juice was good for me. And everyone's like, yeah, no, 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 that's a sugar solution that kills you. and It's, <laughs> it's, it's bad for you. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's as bad as like Coca-Cola, <laughs> but it's, it's, of sugar it ain't good. Water. And yeah. if you're buying it at the store, it's probably not even really fruit juice, right? I mean, there are some that are, but then, you know... Like yeah, juicy. Well, my all those my boxes. favorite one is apple tizer because it's just apple juice but with bubbles put in it. So I'm really oh, excited about and it. And a jolly name. This. Yes, apple uh, excellently jolly name. Um, so this weekend, uh, we're very excited. We're going to be doing our show at Podfest again, and we have now confirmed the full lineup, and it's freaking awesome because we have. I think we had already told you that we're going to have Pat Oswald as our comedian Woo! guest, which is pretty amazing because it's Pat Oswald. Mm. Uh, we have our scientist guest confirmed, and he. I'm going to say he's probably the most re-requested yeah, uh, scientist that we've had on the show, the amazing uh, Sean Carroll, Ooh, one of Caltech our favorite... cosmologist, professor, physicist. We've had numerous requests to get him back, and he's doing the live one from PodFest. So uh, you can see it live this weekend, but also if you're nowhere near L.A., you're able to get the live stream. If you go to LAPodFest.com, you can buy the live stream. Normally $25, but for a mere 20 you get five off if you put in our offer code SCIENCE. And we get a kickback, and you get five, and you get a 
it off. And that gets you access to every live stream for all of the shows and all of the panels. And you get it for a few weeks after the festival as well. Yeah. That should work for everything online if you enter the offer code SCIENCE. <laughs> that should, just, that should work to give you $5 off every <laughs> single thing available. And they get a kickback. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> And one more piece of uh, um, news that is good, uh, that might not sound like it, but um, Jesse, for those of you who haven't been listening to his podcast, you should go to jessevsscancer.com. Um, he actually had successful enough um, chemo that his tumor is shrunk to the point that they're able to do surgery on both his colon and liver at the same time, which is either happening today or tomorrow. I thought it was tomorrow, Friday. And I thought it was today. But either way, by the time you listen to this, yes. he's going to be being operated on. So uh, that could be really great. And uh, send him your well wishes. I think just jessiecasecomedy at gmail.com. That is it. Or uh, jessiecase on Twitter. Hit him up. Let him know that you're thinking about him and listening to his show. And um, yeah, go subscribe to his show. It's really funny. It's not all cancer. For those of you who hasn't listened yet, it's it's mostly comedy. <laughs> A bit of cancer. I mean, that is a hell of a byline, isn't yeah. it? It's not all cancer. <laughs> uh, so, like, we've two guests. Uh, we normally ask our guests this before we get into the stories. Uh, whichever you wishes to jump in first. But like, what if anything is your background in science? And that could be anything from you did some of it at a degree to just there was a class you liked at school to oh uh, we like mixing chemicals that we found in the bathroom together and feeding it to our siblings yeah my my background in science is that i do not understand how condensation works and at the moment at school at which someone tried to explain to me how condensation works i still didn't get it i put my hand up and i said i'm sorry i don't understand this they explained it again i didn't understand it again and at that point i gave up on science for <laughs> Oh. And people since have tried to explain it to me. People have tried to explain to me how batteries work using the metaphor of horses and how many horses are in how many stables were the difference between voltage and amperage. And I understand it at the time and I go, oh my God, this is so great. I understand now. I'm going to go read loads of science books. And then I walk away and four seconds later I go, no, I got nothing. So it's, not, it's, not, so, so it's not that you don't understand how chemically batteries work. It's like you don't understand what the difference is between voltage and... Yes, and voltage and amperage. Water, yeah. water is the better analogy. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I, for me, are you going to explain it to me uh, now? Let's see. Let's see do the water record is every, every circuit element has a water analogy. Yeah, so let's. See. I find the easiest thing, the thing that helps me understand it is the other name for voltage is potential difference, mm -hmm. and it's the difference in potential energy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's much okay. easier. Right. Imagine that. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so ima okay, so um, so a, 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 an electric circuit. Yep. Imagine instead it's like a channel where water's flowing around, and at yes. one point in the channel, there's a pump that takes it up to a height. Yes. And then, it, and then the rest of it is flowing downhill. Okay. Um, so the voltage is basically how high it gets pumped up. How high it's got to oh. The amperage is the volume of water going, falling down from up high to down low. And the, the, resist the resistance is the thinness of the tube through which it's falling. The oh, I nearly understand that. Yeah. The amperage is what you've got. The voltage is what you can do with it. And <laughs> that's right, isn't it? Yeah. So, so like, so if you can imagine, so the energy is the the power of it, like the total power is those yeah. two times by each other. Okay. Because so if you a think you can have water up a huge voltage, like that's off a really is a lot of energy. Is loads of energy, even if it's uh, not very much water. And you could, all, but also equally, so a, which kills a you small more? amount of. Um, uh, equally, a small amount of um, uh, current. Sorry, a, a small distance going up, but a huge amount of water flowing through would also be a lot of energy. So, which one kills you most? Which is the most dangerous in terms of death? 
Well, then you, you've also got frequency because you're doing alternating. This is a direct current thing we're talking about, yeah. but with like um, household. High voltage is the dangerous thing, though, right? High voltage, which uh, means a very high water. No, because you can have a really high. The, the, the shop game we play has a capacitor that builds up a tremendous voltage, but just a tiny amount of current, right? Isn't it like probably thousands of volts? That game that shocks you. I'm so glad this is slightly falling apart. It is. Actually, and I just like much less of an idiot. I just (laughs) I just googled the water analogy for uh, electricity, and there's some controversy about it on Wikipedia. Well, that covered. There's two different paradigms you can use. There's the version where the pressure is induced by gravity, like we're talking about, or just a completely enclosed version with pumps providing pressure only, and no gravity. Um, But anyhow, no. So I mean, uh, voltage alone, you could have high voltage. High voltage shock that doesn't hurt you much. Like when you uh, touch a doorknob after shuffling your feet, that's, yes. that's pretty high voltage. Okay. But that's not going to kill you because there it's isn't much current. Low amperage or low current. Yeah. Um, but then also there's. <laughs> no, the width- I asked an either all question and you said yes. This is science all over. <laughs> um, um, yeah, basic. Okay. I'm derailing the entire show and I can only apologize. No, no, please. The biggest this is problem what, I have is, exactly- that you, is that you can't explain condensation using water as a metaphor because uh, water is involved is, in condensation. Wait, what's, so I'll never understand. Okay, what's the sticking point with yeah, the, is, it the fact that, is it the fact that water came from seemingly nowhere because you couldn't see it before? Or what's the problem um, that you have with it? It's just that I don't understand what it is that makes the... Why does the water end up on the window? Why does that happen? Because when, the, when air. the air was the air was warmer, so uh, the molecules were more active and uh, bouncing around and more spread apart the from each other. Molecules of water in the air. The molecules, the molecules of air, air itself. Air. Okay. The air was more spread out. Like you know how like um, as you decrease the like if you uh, if you filled like a two liter bottle with hot air and screwed the cap on, and then put it in the freezer. When you took it out, it would have crumpled a bit, right? Yes. Because okay, the cold yeah. air. Can, I mean, cold, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, okay, the cold air takes up less space. So uh, when when it's okay. warmer. It uh, the same number of air molecules take up a bigger space, and what they're able okay. to fit. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I think I got something. All right, okay, okay, okay. Tag in. Let me tag in. Okay. So water molecules are naturally attracted to each other. Like there's a le- they, they they have a charge on them, and they want they have us they have a want to be next to each other. Yes, is witchcraft. Go okay. on, keep going. So it, like like the same way like a balloon that's been rubbed on a jumper will want to yes, stick to okay. water. So that's yeah. so that's kind of what's going on with the water molecules. So they want they want to as- attach to each other. Yes. But the hotter they are, the more energy they ha- they have, the more they move around. And the around. window is cold, so when they get near the window, exactly. they attach to each other and they turn into droplets. Exactly. Is so that what, really what it is? That's basically all it is. So when they re- when they when they when they're hotter, they've got a lot more energy and that's overcoming the 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 attraction that they have between each other because they're be- they're basically moving too fast they can't stick to each other. Why didn't they say that to me? I get that. And then it hits the cold window and they lose some of that energy. So then so then they've slowed down. So then they clump together and that's what causes a water droplet. And then you go oh and then someone tries to tell you that glass is actually a liquid and that's where my head. And that's actually wrong. wrong. Yeah, is it wrong? Oh, that's bullshit. Stupid sides. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's my uh, yeah. They they um they I mean it has some elements but they they go like if you look at old church windows. It's thicker at the bottom than the top, and that's because glass is actually a super cool liquid, and over hundreds of years it flows down, and that's bullshit. What it actually, the reason for that is uh, glass production in medieval times it was not flawless. Just shitty. So it was oh, thicker no. in one bit than the other, and so they put the thick bit at the bottom because that's more stable. So that whole. Oh, idea, oh, I hadn't heard my that. My favorite bit about that was the voice that you assumed to represent an idiot with a wrong opinion about glass. Like, oh, Which yeah, was my teacher. Gl- my teacher told glass, me that. Glass is a liquid, guys. <laughs> glass is a fucking super cool liquid. <laughs> it's, did you say super cool? With, a, with an E on the end. C O L. What? What is that word? Super cool? 
I mean, super cool or cool. super cool? I don't know what super cool. <laughs> I like that he's gone. Now you're oh, making me don't know what super cool means. Oh, Google that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show cool. you super cool. Yeah, super is it a cool liquid movie? or one word. Uh, super cooling, un- otherwise known as undercooling, is the process of lowering the temperature of a liquid or gas below its freezing point without it becoming a solid. I'm, it I'm, ends in an E. I'm uh, totally focusing and paying attention to this, but I've also noticed there is a squirrel in your garden. And oh! Because of the incredible sunshine here in Los Angeles, I've suddenly realised that squirrels' tails are incredibly thin. It's just that the fur's really big. Well, that's science, as far as I'm concerned. Look at his skinny little tail. This oh, just yeah. might be a, 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 a squirrel with alopecia. For all we know, he's like a malnourished squirrel trying to eat <laughs> oh. our shitty oranges. But oh. even still, that was still. Tail. But that's still Stuart's writing that the, the squirrel tail is more hair that is mostly hair. It's not. Yes, it's not a big. Th- I mean, that would be insane, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was a big, <laughs> thick, fleshy tail. <laughs> Tipping him over backwards. I don't no, want to think about that. It could be that. very muscular. Yeah. Yes. Like latch on. Josie. What, <laughs> what is your background as I? I just need you guys to explain wormholes to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. Matt's got this one. Um, Imagine water, in but science. with a worm. Oh, my. oh it's fine. <laughs> I, I, my background in science is that I did not like it at school. I went to a school where you had to take, for your exams, you had to take the three separate sciences, but you could only take one art subject. And I was very arty, and I considered it to be a personal affront. So I was like, if you made me take chemistry, I'm going to put my head on the desk for the whole fucking time, man. <laughs> and then I did it. And if anything, I lost out from that strategy. <laughs> um, so it was a real shame. Um, but then I, I did a stand-up show about uh, seven years ago where I realised that, you know, at, in England, especially at like 15, it's like, what do you want to learn about the past or the world? That's all you can do, you know? And like, yeah, we specify, we get, we get much more specialised so quickly mm. compared to America. Yeah. Like even in America, or even shame. at university, you haven't picked your subject necessarily until halfway through. Which we're like, Whereas, we find out about one is that thing. some kind of throwback to like an era when everyone was doing trades or something? Or why, why do you think well, that we're more? If I'm oh, honest, like nice the, the Renaissance model of like that sort of education would have been learn a bit about everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get really well rounded. So it's not even just in education terms, though. We're sort of encouraged in the UK to think of yourselves as either are you a science person or an art person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like all the other science people will go, "Are you one of us?" Or is yeah. it? Is it? And I very, I definitely went. Like I couldn't have dropped essays, essay writing mm-hmm. subjects quicker. Yeah. And I went really? straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now you're a creative, so you're actually a bit of a Judas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good po- I, I hated nothing more than writing in school. Why am I in this job? Like, yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. That's um, so funny. I, I, well, I, I really so you did the opposite. showing off and I loved like anything creative. And so I sort of quit it all when I was like, this is boring. This is nothing to do with me. And then, uh, yeah, about uh, 2008, so seven years ago, I was doing a stand-up show where I basically, I started to read a book about astronomy and I suddenly realised that like I'd shut down all these things in my life and it was stupid, you know, to cut off all these things that were fascinating, you know, there for the picking, there to find out about. And so I sort of started having an interest in science again. And mostly for me, it's been, I've been studying maths on my own. And I studied, and I went to a community college and I've just finished studying maths A-level, which is what 18-year-olds take. But I did so fucking badly in my exams that I can't, oh. I wanted to publicly be like, guys, I gotta be. And I did so badly that I just, you just let it sleep away. I just I like, saw that show. I do that maths? Oh, the show remember. about the stars was such a great oh, show. It was you. brilliant. And I do, but I, I have thought since then, 
wonder if Josie ever stuck to that. I wonder if that big kind of like, you know, the revelation of the yeah. show, I'm going to get involved. Well, it was mainly it was mainly maths. Um, and I, I just finished. I studied at Community College uh, in Hackney. And it was just so funny because it was me. And I always said, like I was saying on stage, basically, that I thought it would be like the show Community. And it was, in surprise, everyone else was like young. <laughs> I was like Chevy Chase. <laughs> And I was like, hey, guys, that's cool. <laughs> Did you um, form a study group with some youngsters? I tried. <laughs> but they, yeah, the, and the worst part is like I had two, like two favorite students and there were these two 17 year old boys basically and called uh, Faisal and Omar. And they were both like, just one was really funny. Like he showed up to the exams wearing a lab coat. And I was like, oh, have you just had a chemistry exam? And he was like, nah. <laughs> just makes me feel more clever and he's like you're a fucking genius is what you are and then Faisal was just so lovely that's such a lovely boy and after the exams I because in my head I'm like well I'm in my 30s I'm like a cool older friend to them and they were just like this is a creepy woman why is she <laughs> and so I'd be like Faisal what are you doing now what are you going to do now and he's like um, I'm going to my mum's <laughs> and I was like not with your life <laughs> but, yeah I've really really loved studying mathematics and I've been really thinking about what to do next with it. So, because my options are like do another A level, but that's quite a lot of my time, and I feel like I need to try and have a career. Um, but uh, like, I, then I was thinking possibly I could do an undergraduate, but I don't know how good my A level is, so I have to like give me an interview and I'll try and charm you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, especially I like mean, that would completely undermine your whole reasoning for wanting to do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you could talk your way into the qualification. Yes, well, <laughs> it's been a real eye opener that sort of thing, like because. Especially when I went into it and I was like well I'm a grown up so I think I'm going to do a bit better than these children <laughs> and then oh heavens no no and it was so embarrassing to be like and it was me like the first day of the first year so I took it on my own for a couple of years but I couldn't sort of get it together and I was like I need to be in the class so I got in the class and it was me and loads of 16 year olds and it was a very weird thing and I felt really embarrassed and I sat next to this boy called Abdul Rafi um, and he is from Afghanistan and so and English is like his third language I've only been living in England for a couple of years right and for the first day of maths he was, he was the best guy at maths he was fucking incredible first day I sat with him and because I was a grown up I was like yeah we'll be friends because we're going to be the best <laughs> like, I'm, a grown, I'm a grown up you're a genius we're really good <laughs> and then um, literally by the end of the second lesson he wouldn't sit with me anymore oh. <laughs> and it was like and also because I'm a grown up you copying from him in the lesson <laughs> no, <he> just, <laughs> it's like cribbing because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just be like Ruffy, Ruffy, um, I do understand this, but could you just explain it to me again, please? <laughs> and um, yeah, it was really embarrassing. It was like being unpopular at school, which obviously I had no experience of. Um, but yeah, it was it was great, and I really am really interested in studying. Do maths. you uh, remember any of the specific topics? Because I don't know what the what these levels mean with oh, yeah. American analogies to school and stuff. Like. So it was sort of developing like calculus and trigonometry and algebra and those things are probably some of those things probably overlap um we got as far as vectors in the we did a bit of stats okay which um again i was like this couldn't be so easy and it wasn't that easy yeah if i remember uh, rightly like a level because gcse is sort of basic relatively basic um algebra and geometry and and like the stats proportion of it is basically interpreting bar charts and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. But then um, 
A level. It got onto. I think it got onto like Matrix. Uh, yeah, Matrices. 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 Yeah. Love it. And uh, linear algebra, sort of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, linear. Yeah. And also, I, this is what blew my mind at the very end of the course. So we're doing like differentiation and. Uh, oh, so you're doing calculus? Opposite. I thought you were saying pre-calculus. Oh, oh no, no, no. no. It got onto like. And yeah. I loved it. I loved all of it. And then slowly, it was like building up a picture. And then at the very end, we're talking about. Um, Vertices, and they were like, okay, so you know you've been operating in the XY plane. And I was like, mate, I've been nailing the XY plane. <laughs> and they were like, um, okay, we're going to introduce Z. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and they were like, okay, so just imagine X, Y, and Z. It just imagine X and Y. Now imagine a third line going in a different dimension. And I was like, ah. And then they were like, just remember, you can have an any number, like an infinite number of coordinates. Like you could have at, like... Uh, 20 dimensions you could have all of like so it's not just xyz it's like and then when they were like pythagoras so i was always like pythagoras is about triangles man i got it down they were like "Uh -uh -uh. pythagoras is about all your coordinates so you can have pythagoras with x y and z not just x and that's right isn't it you mean what you're saying you could have that theory yeah uh, uh, those rules work in more than one dimension well you'd you'd have to do them in two at a time because there isn't Oh, I'm really confused then. I remember there was a bit where they were like, this works for X, Y, and Z. And I was like, get fucked. Maybe as in like the volumes of... Oh, I'm no, trying to think of what I remembered it, it wrong. This is why I fucked no, up the exam. I, I just don't know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> no, like, but they were like, you, you use that Pythagoras formula, right? In two dimensions, just to be like, yeah, the sum of these squares equals the... Equals the hypotenuse. But then you can then use that. But then you can use the hypotenuse and the X and the, the final coordinate to then find the diagonal going back into yes, space. Yes. But you're dealing with them all individually as two-dimensional shapes. Because I thought maybe you yes. were saying there's an analogy for volume also where like the you're cube this of for me. <laughs> Sorry, I, why didn't I just say No, 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 awesome. you're not, you're not. No, but I think I must have fucked it up then, but I remember... No, 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 I'm not saying that. No, no. I remember it sort of blew my mind to sort of suddenly realise that I've been, I've been in the baby pool. Yeah, yeah, right. My friend Eric is a professional mathematician, so he did pure maths, and he was writing a dissertation years ago. And I said, "What's your dissertation about?" And he wouldn't tell me. I was like, well, "What's what's it about?" And he go, "You you you wouldn't understand, you know." And I was like, "No, come on, just try me, try me." And he goes, "No, it, it's just it's about it, it uses starting points that you probably don't know about." I'm like, "Come on, mate, tell, just tell me what it's about." And he goes, "Okay." Well, imagine that all of space is a donut, and I'm like, "I'm out." Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that wrong about coordinates? Either? Well. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to. I wasn't no, no. trying to correct you at all. The, I was the just miracle of realizing that there's a Z as well as an X and Y. I totally yeah, get yeah, that, yeah. and that's my. Do you know what I'm doing? Is this is because I'm so aware that I, I do not have any scientific basis that it's been actually quite frightening to like try and start studying because you do feel really like I am going to be exposed as a fraud at all times. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And. I suppose that's funny because and that's a else. fear a lot of us feel in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. that's you know true. I mean, you've talked about that on stage, and I, yeah. you know, I feel that as well. That whole thing of just like, oh, I'll be found out for being a dunce. Especially you know, in, just this, in, in this in town, milk. in this <laughs> town where there's no skill required to do any of these jobs, everyone knows they're lucky to be here and doesn't actually deserve anything they have. So, like, everybody has to be overinflating their. Yeah, everyone's like compensating for the fact that they could at any second be turned out as a fraud. Like, no, the, you're totally right. It does totally work in three in. You're holding a piece what of paper which suggests you just sum of the, it. The sum of the cubes of all the... Uh, you're saying if you have a three-dimensional triangular shape, like a triangular prism? Or uh, no, if, you've got like a th- if you want to find like corner to corner on a rectangle. Uh, if you want to find like corner, corner to completely opposite corner, yeah. then that corner will be the 
diagonal on like the flat plane. Yes. Squared plus the height equals the full thing you're going <gasps> yeah, yeah, squared. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly oh, yeah. what you're and yeah. the and the diagonal on the flat plane will squared will be equal to the two edges around it squared added up. Because so just it's a plus b plus c because it's like the bottom bit is that. I, can, I gotta draw it out later. I can't picture it. Is that paper yeah. right there? <laughs> hey, you why don't you use the paper from the this donut is the hole? Least, this is an audio podcast. This is the least interesting. Thing okay, okay, right. I, I, I believe you. I, I, I'll just say awesome, and I'll. If look the it up three later. sides of the rectangle are a, b, and c, then the full corner to corner diagonal uh, will be equal to a squared plus b squared plus c squared. If the three yep. sides of the rectangle. Well, oh, I, see, I see. You, mean I see. you don't mean a rectangle. Like you, 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 mean go like a prison, dimension, you go one dimension, you go the other dimension, you go the third no. dimension, always along an axis. Yeah. And those three added up will make that hypotenuse that extends into the, into all three dimensions. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So basically you're saying... So then the, that could be extended to any number of dimensions and that would work. Yes, yeah, so it could this be way. maybe it's not the, just X, Y, Z. It's also the lo- F the and longest Tuesday and peppermint. The longest, yeah. the longest hypotenuse of a rectangular prism, basically. Squared is always equal to the sides the, of it squared. The three sides of the rectangular prism. Okay, cool. Oh, I hope we've got people listening to this stopping their cars, getting out and just <laughs> running around naked, going, ah, they've, they've broken and fixed it. Ah. <laughs> so Josie, were you the person... Like, I do remember in college uh, a few people who were... like a little bit older than other students who were insufferable in terms of asking questions like always wanted to be you don't do that right like, well not in like a hi everyone yeah. I'm here yeah. not like that <laughs> but a little bit but much more desperately much more like I'm so sorry can we please go back on this again but that was actually what made me got me friends was because all the little 16 year olds were like oh thank god you asked I felt too shy to oh, ask oh okay and yeah like, where you're like I have, I have no, no yeah. Yeah. I don't care I don't understand it tell me how it is yeah. <laughs> hey you mentioned wormholes and we weren't going to do this story but there is a wormhole story that Morgan Freen sent. We have a ridiculous number of stories that people have sent in because we've had four weeks where we recorded like a four week back. Oh, by the way, we should mention someone emailed in to say on some systems because of the way we uploaded them all at the same time. Yeah, the dates. They, they all had the the date of when we first uploaded them. So some people's episodes might not have automatically loaded. So if you're missing like, if there's a number gap, if you're like, this is episode 179 and you haven't heard one the last three they exist yeah, it's a test it's a wormhole test and right. you've got to work it out yeah. so Morgan Preen sent in this story um, uh, in, from Eureka Alert saying magnetic wormhole connecting two regions of space created for the first time uh, the device could have applications in medicine opening up ways to make MRIs more comfortable for patients I have not this is way medicine. out of my no 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 we gotta travel to fucking foreign galaxies that's uh... <laughs> yeah it's so bleak to be like yeah we've invented a time travel device it's gonna be great for the manufacture of jello <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so wormholes are cosmic tunnels that can connect two dist- distant regions of the universe uh, and blah 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 I've seen it in sci-fi films there's a lot of this, I mean this article's quite the first paragraph of all these articles is always the best because they have yeah. to find some way to like make it a little bit cheeky and, and there are, like Captain related. Cook would yeah. have loved to have yeah okay we get it <laughs> I need that I need that kind of intro <laughs> imagine what I enjoyed was wormholes connect separate areas of space blah 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 like like everyone here at this table and everyone listening is going to be like well obviously Clearly, blah 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 yeah. Yeah. so it says using present day technology it would be impossible to create a gravitational wormhole as the field would have to be manipulated with huge amounts of gravitational energy, which no one yet knows how to generate. 
In electromagnetism, however, advances in metamaterials and invisibility have allowed researchers to put forward several designs to achieve this. Advances in, in invisibility. invisibility. That's <laughs> I know, they just gloss over that. <laughs> I'm touching myself. There's no link. <laughs> uh, so this is happening at the Department of Physics uh, at the Universitat Autonoma de Barcelona. Uh, is, that, is that the school where you teach yourself? I don't know Spanish, but yeah, it sounds yeah, like... Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Uh, all robots. Robots are the professors. Oh, okay, yeah. They've designed. I love that college. <laughs> but they're all Spanish. Put your hands just a down, bit. Josie. We are moving on. <laughs> Por favor, humano. Yeah, but it's just like a slight Catalan flair. <laughs> How good was the wormhole in Interstellar? Uh, did you, they get to the wormhole and it was a sphere because obviously it would be right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so uh, much. Well, that was. Um, who did they have consulting on that? They had a. Uh, was Sean Carroll consulting on I, that? He, he might have done a bit, but the main consultant was uh, the Neil. guy who's behind the LIGO project, which our various past guests have worked on. Oh. Uh, and he's like super famous astro- uh, astrophysicist. Hang on, I'm going to have to look this up. What's I'll the, keep going with the story. The LIGO project okay. is they're getting a lion and a goat. <laughs> <laughs> getting them together. And Fire you think the lion would always win, but actually <laughs> over time the goat starts to learn. <laughs> Tenacious. <laughs> Um, you bet Thorne. on the lion and then you'd lose. It's it's Kip Thorne who was the consultant on that. Too. I don't know that name. Yes, yeah, uh, I remember that name. Yeah. Who has been around for a long time and done lots of very impressive uh, science and so and a whole, also a hole in has space. W- a wormhole would be a sphere because if you you could enter the hole from any point <gasps> in a complete, it, you could enter it from all of the. Yeah, it's like, um, and the film actually generated some real wall. papers. No, it's not holding. Oh, really? Yeah, they some real scientific papers came out of it because also they when they were generating the graphics for it, they had. Supercomputers that were like the the, TV, the basically the film studio had access to more computing power than physicists normally get access oh, to. Doesn't it do like right the, the library like that. scene or <laughs> was to that? do like the infinite library scene? I think or? when we actually saw the wormhole, the, the, when they were working out, when Kip Thorne and his team were working out what the wormhole should actually look like as you approached it, and they really did do the work on it to see what it should physically look like. Oh. They actually generated some results that were surprising and new. <laughs> oh God. i got to rewatch Before that. you even get to the space library. Yeah, the space so library much. took me out of it so I much. I love it so much. Really? I love every single thing of it. And as far as I'm concerned, the space library is what happens when we die. And me and oh. my partner talk about it in terms of like, oh yeah, when we're dead and we're in the space library. Oh. It's, like that, it's, that's heaven as far as I'm concerned. It's worse than hell to me. You're stuck in the space library forever? Like, the, Well, no, it's just the idea that like you're not stuck in it. You're at, this, you, you're at a point where you can move sideways you can move in any direction you can see anything that's heaven isn't it you can you can be anywhere at once you can but recognize you're always your in the past. library aren't you? you're not with anyone some people like libraries <laughs> yeah i love a library but i wouldn't want to be on my own no i in in our version of it everyone you you've ever met is there because you can visit them you can be it's effectively that's do you know what the space also, library is you're like ne- you're never alone when you're in a library yeah <laughs> <laughs> whenever you've got books you've got friends <laughs> the space library is like what being a ghost would look like from the ghost's perspective i know that's <laughs> what it sort of says that, in the yeah. movie but if you imagine like if that Again, hell, all of your it's... life you had a, a space library composed of every moment in the world from everything and you could just travel to a point in it Twilight Zone twist as you travel into the space library your glasses break time enough at last yeah. oh, damn it Burgess <laughs> Meredith well, which is kind of if you've got all that time, I'm sure you can fashion Make some kind of lens. <laughs> and there are large thing. print books as well, most yeah. libraries. What about, oh, yeah, but they're all what like about the audio books. <laughs> okay, yeah. Audible? Certainly. <laughs> that is a quadruple Does, time does Audible exist in heaven? <laughs> it's, because it's not heaven without Audible, as uh, far as I'm concerned. That, you, you, that's a very powerful advertisement for right? you. Right? Nice. Get some money for that. Yeah, you I see, still... uh, what was our code? <laughs> Um, well, actually, our, our next episode we're going to have uh, sponsored by them as well. I believe it's just audible.com slash science, but uh, 
no, you know what? I don't want to say that. I'm going to edit this out and figure out what it is. Because, um, yeah, you should visit there and sign up to get a free month trial and a free audiobook download. And to be trapped in the space library for the rest of your life. Sign up there with yeah. the offer code GHOST. I saw Interstellar and I'd not seen 2001 and I watched Interstellar in the IMAX and I came out and I was like, oh, that was, oh my God, what a wild ride. And then I went to see 2001 about a month later and I was like, you fucking thieves. <laughs> I was so angry. And I was angry about like, Oh, no, you know, you know, 2001 was actually beforehand. <laughs> they weren't seeing anything. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, uh, our code is PSP. Audible.com slash PSP. Ignore what I said earlier. Audible.com slash PSP. Sign up. They have, uh, I believe, hundreds of thousands of audiobooks, and um, you get a free trial. And you, you don't have code. to be dead. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's like and a. And why living... not try the book by Sean Carroll? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, by the way, Sean Carroll is coming out with a book. Um, it won't be out by the time our. Um, episode drops but this is maybe the most ambitious title to a book i've ever heard in my life um it is called the big picture on the origins of life meaning and the universe itself it's gonna come out next may you guys are signing to each other. Is a British... I was trying to sign to Josie. Have you written a book? Because I thought Josie had a book, and I thought it'd be a great time to plug it. And I was saying I wrote one, but then the editor left, and then that happened five times. And in the end, I was like, yeah, "I'll this is over now." To, to be fair, there oh. is no commonly held like "Have you written a book?" is quite easy to do, but the editor left five times is <laughs> <Yeah>. much harder. <laughs> sign that word to somebody yeah. <laughs> over creative differences. <laughs> Creative. Create. <laughs> Uh, so, the, so these these Barcelona. beautiful Catalan physicists yes. have designed and created in the laboratory the first experimental wormhole that can connect two regions of space magnetically. This so consists of a sorry. They've actually done that. That's real. They've created it, a real magnetic wormhole. It consists of a tunnel, uh, yeah, that transfers the magnetic field from one point to the other while keeping it undetectable, invisible all the way. So, like, at one point you put some iron filings and nothing happens next to a magnet, and then over the other end of the room you put some iron filings not next to a magnet, and they go, flum. Uh, and you say you're not a scientist. Well, that's what I'm visualising, right? As far is as I'm right? okay, yeah. It can teleport magnetism. That is an incredible superpower. Which, yes. I, I, guess they, I guess it sort of relies on the fact a gravitational wormhole, gravity is so much of a weaker force than electromagnetism. Oh, I mean, uh, that goes without saying what? But... <laughs> Gravity is the weakest of the fundamental which is forces, one of the big, right? Yeah, or, and by, whatever that means. Well, it's one of the big mysteries and so, like why something physicists don't yet understand is why gravity is so so much weaker than electromagnetism. Like if you think about um, a magnet can pick, like you can hold a magnet and can pick up a small piece of metal. Yes. And when you do that, that means this tiny fridge magnet is counteracting oh. the entire gravitational pull of the planet Earth. Oh, wow. that's great. Yeah. Wow. So. It's Does that mean there's room for a baddie in the X-Men called Electromagneto? <laughs> <laughs> Tougher than Magneto. Um, it's, it's, so electromagnetism is basically is like a two sides of the same force, and that was resolved quite a while ago. Like, um, oh, What do you mean two sides of... Uh, it's sort of... Well, they, they basically connected electro electricity and magnetism oh, right, right, yonks right. ago and worked out how the two interplay. <laughs> I love how much detail and then sudden lack of detail yeah. there is. They fucking, worked out fucking that. Fucking miles ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they twatted that one right out of the park. <laughs> um, yeah, because one gener electric fields generate magnetic fields, magnetic fields generate electrical fields. Like, that's how motors work and generators work in reverse. Like, if you spin uh, a... a, a not electromagnet. What, what station? What's the word for a magnet that's not an electromagnet? A magnet. Magnet's the word. What's, there's a fucking word for it. You but, spin that in a in a field of like coiled wires, and it induces an electrical current. 
Likewise, an electrical current spinning through that can suddenly cause a magnetic field always like perpendicular to each other, right? Yeah. That um, and that was worked out years ago, but connecting that then to gravity has not been done. Uh, and they and they also they don't know why it's so so much weaker. So wow. they've managed to um, uh, so they've managed to create a magnetic wormhole. So they used the researchers used metamaterials and metasurfaces, which I don't know exactly what they are. Yeah, to build, a metamaterial would mean it's not it's not even it's about material. Like to, it's uh, yeah to build the t- tunnel experimentally so that the magnetic field from a source such as a magnet or an electromagnet appears at the other end of the wormhole as an isolated magnetic monopole. So it's Basically, yeah, and like in between, you don't detect the magnetic, magnetic field. field. Yeah, through a wall, but Th- using metamaterial. So, is that what's the difference between a metamaterial and a hypothetical material? Have they actually done this, or have they just done the maths I think and gone? Done it. We've done that. So they say the result is strange enough in itself, as magnetic monopoles, which is a magnetic a magnet with only one pole, whether north or south, do not exist in nature. The overall effect is that of a magnetic field that appears to travel from one point to another through a dimension that lies outside the conventional three dimensions. Oh. Whoa, look what you've started with yeah. your X and your Y. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel like that's like the beginning of apocalyptic things. Like, oh, it's just really innocent. Nothing yeah. bad will happen because of baby magnet wormhole. <laughs> so the wormhole in this experiment is a sphere made of different layers, an external layer with a ferromagnetic surface, a second inner layer made of superconducting material, and a ferromagnetic sheet rolled into a cylinder that crosses the sphere from one end to the other. The sphere is made in such a way as to be magnetically undetectable, invisible in magnetic field terms from the exterior. Can you imagine losing it in the lab? Where did you put it? Well, we created it to be magnetically indetectable. Sorry, I don't know. Can't find it. The magnetic wormhole is an analogy... how many of them are rolling around the floor in the lab that they'll never find again? Uh, They say it's an analogy of gravitational ones as it changes the topology of space as if the inner region had been magnetically erased from space. Uh, says the lead researcher, Alvar Sanchez. These same researchers have already built a magnetic fibre in, in last year, a device capable of transporting the magnetic field from one end to the other. This fibre was, however, detectable magnetically. The wormhole developed now is a completely three-dimensional device that is undetectable by any magnetic field. Uh, this means a step forward towards possible applications in which magnetic fields are used. In medicine, for example, the technology could, for example, increase patients' comfort by distancing themselves from the detectors when having MRI scans in hospitals or allow MRI images of different parts of the body to be attained oh, simultaneously. It's a, li- it's a little bit like the Star trek medical thing where they go, Whoop, and they can sort of sort out anything. Well, it would be... It's kind of like... If, I don't know if you've ever had an MRI scan, but they, you, you're in this huge tunnel and the magnetic field is right there and it's, it's like this loud ka-chunk thing... Yeah. where this electromagnetic field is being switched backwards and forwards at speed yeah. right next to you. So I guess instead, now that they could transport this, they could have that in a different room and transport this magnetic field to where it needs to be. Wow. That's MRI, ladies. <laughs> Tom Allen, 2015. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Is any, oh, God. If you're a doctor and administers those and you haven't used MRI, ladies. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. I did an experiment. I didn't do it. I was part of an... Ex- I was experimented upon. Uh, <laughs> Little hamsters going, yeah, I did a bit of science. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they got comedians and they gave us all MRI scans and they made us improvise while they were... Oh, you did that? Hang hey, on, wait a second. Someone that, else that we had on the show did that. I did one here. Oh, wait, you did that. And I don't know if the two experiments know about it. Oh, oh, I no. did one... There's a guy There's a guy in a, over here who's a newish comic who's also a... Um, oh, no. Experimental psychologist. I don't know if they know about it. They but might not. 
But my but they can collaborate experiment was to find out whether you're using different parts of your brain. And basically, if you're a stand-up or a comedian, when you're improvising, you're not using as much of your brain as other people. This is no. You're t- when you're talking, and that's it. Okay. I mean, th- th- I've just proved that. <laughs> when you're talking, you you can talk in a sort of automatic way that normal people can't because you're used to talking on stage and using your brain for other things while you do it. Yes. And that's what they proved. But when I had it done, I was really hoping at the end they'd be like, "Oh, this is the most fantastic <laughs> brain we've ever seen." Oh my god, we need to do. And they were just like cool yeah that's your brain and I was just like and <laughs> and, and when's the ceremony <laughs> yeah yeah and it was really dis- yeah, disheartening in um, a way so the one I did they basically uh, they had ca- like cartoons like New Yorker car- type cartoons without a caption oh and they made us they made us do one of three things depending on what like a, like a code would come up and you had to either think of a funny caption for it uh-huh or or think of a neutral caption. Um, so, like, if it was someone coming in with a cup of a drink or whatever, you're like, here's your coffee. Or, like, <laughs> simultaneously a funny caption. Kind of, yeah. or, That's or, actually or how they come up with New Yorker captions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or think of nothing. That was the other one. So, like, the, th- the two controls were, like, you thought of a funny thing, and then you thought of a neutral, unfunny thing. And then you thought of just you just didn't try to think of a that, thing. Isn't that like a, that's like a joke that like a, a five year old would make? Yeah. It's like here's someone holding over a cup of tea, and the caption is "Here's your cup of tea." Laughing. What did the man say to the woman? Hello. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had a caption competition at a comedy club that I ran. That was it was a picture of a, a man and a woman and a baby, and the the competition was to come up with the worst caption for it. And the one that won was the man and the woman are laughing. <laughs> it was so great. Um, no, it was. There are three of us. The man and the woman. Anyway, never mind. Um, there are three of us. Past, there are three of us. Uh, past guest of the show, Emily Heller, has a blog that I still consistently find one of the funniest oh things. Uh, she just runs this blog uh, called uh, Suck My Dick, New Yorker. <laughs> and all it is is the New Yorker caption competition with some variant of Suck My Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Like when you finish with that ape, come over here and suck my dick. Oh, amazing! <laughs> have you have you seen Garfield with no Garfield? Yes. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. it's incredible. Have you seen this? Yes. Oh, beautiful! It's just John going crazy. <laughs> Poor John. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? We have so many listeners that send in stories. We literally have over a hundred in this uh, in this thing that we keep track of. But there's a biggie. I think there's one that really hit the big press. Yeah, this is. Um, we we've had a lot of listeners, not a lot, but some people writing in saying that we shouldn't even be including uh, things from the social sciences because they aren't science because okay. they aren't reproducible. I'm not saying that, but maybe I am because. Oh, uh, you're going for a different big story. Oh, which I thought this was the big. What? I was go- I was going for the new hominid story. Oh, um, you know, those are probably equal. This It's been a month, so like three weeks ago stories. we were getting a lot... We can do yours first. No, 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 no. I've, got my, I've got that one open in front. Okay. Now. Well, um, yeah, those who are not fans of the social sciences because they think that uh, the testing isn't reproducible, you might be right. Um, scientists replicated 100 recent psychology experiments and more than half of them failed. And that's kind of one of the fundamental tenets of the scientific method is reproducibility of things. Um, I love the idea that these were presumably scientists who didn't believe in social science and set out to disprove it. Huh. They've just got a massive chip on their shoulders like, oh yeah, well let's do it again. Didn't work. Well, ah. Theoretically, every scientist should constantly be trying to disprove everything they're studying because if it's, if it's disprovable, then you're furthering science. So um, 
Yeah, but you can be furthering science in a nice, positive way, and you can be furthering science no, in a way that's intended to destroy. About, no, that's <laughs> honestly like the best science is about like testing the the rigor of previous science. Um, yeah, testing, validating, re- retesting. It's all part of the slow and grinding process to arrive at some semblance of scientific truth. Yet it seems that way too often when we hear about researchers trying to replicate studies, they simply flop or flounder. Some have called this the crisis of irreproducibility. Ir- 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 yes, yeah. sure. Some are calling it that. Some are calling it that. <laughs> Some are choosing yeah, a shorter somewhere. word. Um, the, uh, so a landmark study published, um, this was just about three weeks ago, in the journal Science. Uh, more than 270 researchers from around the world came together to replicate 100 recent findings from top psychology journals. By one measure, only 36% showed results that were consistent with the original findings. In other words, many more than half of the replications failed. And the results of this study may actually be too generous. Uh, the results are more or less consistent with what we've seen in other fields, said Ivan Aransky, one of the founders of the blog Retraction Watch, which tracks scientific retractions. See, he's entirely negative, negativism. Um, still, he applauded the effort because the authors worked with the original researchers and repeated the experiments. The paper is an example of the gold standard of replication. I like the idea that scientists could slam each other by going, your results are too generous, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just really sly barbed, like, oh, <laughs> oh, that was, that was harsh. <laughs> Things like that scare me, though, because you think about the way it interacts with culture and how easily people will be like, you know, like t- latch onto a tiny bit of, especially like behavioral science, and treat that as like, well, that's the way humans are. Yeah. Guys. Oh, yeah. That's like, life, guys. You'll and- have some like study of a few undergrads, and like, that's why men and women behave this way. It's like, no, they just pulled like 30, yes. 18 year olds yeah. and asked them who they want to sleep with. That's and why that's the- Tony and Barbara behave that way. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and then also, what the problem with that is it's that feeling of like, then once something becomes a little bit entrenched in popular culture, it becomes like a fable that everyone knows. Then yeah, it yeah. really doesn't matter. And that it's you go, I'd like to debunk this. It was once in 1973, and the yeah. guy afterwards said, Actually, this is fake. And yeah, everyone's like, like oh, No, no, no. And oh. you go, No, that was a misunderstanding. Hasn't it? No. Fuck. No. I hate spinach. Spinach has what in it? Uh, well, in, certainly in Britain, there's this idea that spinach has got yeah. loads of iron in it. It's really good for I thought you. so too, yeah. And, well, apparently, do you want to check? Do you want to look this up? <laughs> Snopes it. Snopes it. Because uh. I'm, I'm sure that was one of those debunked things whereby someone went, No, no, no. They, they, they said micrograms instead of milligrams years ago, it and says, everyone just. Uh, it says one cup of, our, of spinach does have 0.8 milligrams. Is but, that a lot? Uh, hang on, here we go. Is spinach really good source of iron? Um, oh, God. Again, like, c- this is science how on dot howstuffworks.com, and they're like, uh, um, spit. Uh, There's like three paragraphs of bullshit about Popeye first that I'm having to. <laughs> Oh. Scan over. I think that's partly why it's responsible for kind of continuing yeah. the myth. Oh yeah, well that's why Popeye drinks it. You know that fictional character. So yeah. Popeye, I just said Popeye Prince. apparently originally ate spinach for vitamin A. Oh. Uh, turns out Popeye didn't eat spinach for iron. He gobbled it for vitamin A. Specifically, he ingested beta carotene, which his body transformed into vitamin Don't A. Don't tell me why I'm Popeye did what he did. Finish because <laughs> I eat me beta carotene. It doesn't work, does it? Uh, he didn't like have supervision. It was uh, it was mostly like biceps, I forearm muscles. is really the weird thing. Those aren't even that oh, useful for punching forearm muscles. Wait a second. He uh, had it for vitamin B. Oh, no, the math yeah. the math error is actually the myth. The Whoa! math error is the myth. It's a double debunk. Um, the, the what error? The the, the the maths error. The milligrams micrograms mix up is is not true. You've been tricked oh, by I've big been kale. Double trick. Uh, big kale. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> yeah, mili- uh, one cup of cooked fresh spinach contains about one milligram more iron than you'll find in three ounces of beef liver. So yeah, it's, but it's not a comparison. Spinach is high in iron. <laughs> it's not like you'll be like, well, I could, with my steak, I could either have spinach. <laughs> what would sir like today? The beef liver? <laughs> or the spinach. Oh, my God. No, so it is... I was quite wrong. Um, so that is a bad example of something whereby... No, but it's not the really... De- the debunking got, became the urban legend and it wasn't even true, right, uh, in that case. But to get back to your point about um, people being negative, um, this, these studies, they did a really good job of... Um, the scientists worked closely with the researchers, the original papers, to get their data and talk over the details of their method, um, which is why the effort is considered top quality. They tried really hard to understand the original research and duplicate it, but that collaboration may have also produced biased results, increasing the chances of a successful replication. Oh, because they, they got on with people and were right. like, oh, he but seems even like then, a nice guy. His science yeah. was probably sound. Yeah, so just listen to how difficult it was to repeat just one experiment. Um, University of Virginia PhD candidate David Reinhard um, had been hearing a lot about the problem of irreproducible... Irre- irre- <laughs> that, that word, <laughs> when you can't reproduce something. And he wanted to get first-hand experience with replication... He had no idea what he was in for, and um, the original study he wanted to replicate failed during the pre-testing stage to begin with, and that's the, little, that's the first little appreciated step of any replication when researchers run preliminary tests. Oh, you're very kind about the... Okay. Um, to make sure their experiment's viable, the study he settled on was uh, run in Germany. It was looking at how global versus local processing influenced the way participants used priming information in their judgment of others. Um, in, re- in English, that means the researchers were studying how people use concepts they're currently thinking about, in this case, aggression, to make judgments about other people's ambiguous behavior when they're in one of two mindsets, a big picture global mindset versus a more detailed oh, well, local so mindset. If, if, you're, if, you, if anger is on your mind or if research into anger is on your mind, then you'll think, it was exactly what Josie was saying, that you'll think you'll spot anger and go, oh, that's because of scientifically that's how anger works. Oh, okay. That's almost no, that think, exact yeah, thing. I think it's it? projecting... Um, yeah, to make judgments about other people's ambiguous behavior. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We need robots to judge us. Yeah. So, it is worth pointing out, like, like some of the things Josie was talking about, there are definitely examples where even the lead researcher at the time is like, no, this isn't what the result says. But by the time it's gone through yeah. like, the <laughs> university press release and, yes. and then the Daily Mail, yeah. it's suddenly gone from like, oh, okay, so just uh, being near bees can cure. Yeah. <laughs> so chocolate, like, yeah. chocolate cures impotence. It's like, no, we were saying... Oh. <laughs> I love that. What I love with things like that is sometimes it will say on the headline, like women can't use power tools as scientific study finds and then in the body of the article they'll be like the study actually was about <laughs> women and the fact that they talk sometimes about what they're doing but we, if you really look at it the way we've looked at it <laughs> if you like, look at it with a ludicrous slant that we've invented yeah. basically I want to keep my wife away from my drill <laughs> <laughs> but it's a worry to think that all of these things that you know people are trying really hard to build blocks on which to understand yeah. human beings and actually all of the factors are so complicated and so diffuse that yes. you're yeah. fucked. <laughs> so this American scientist, he so the original study found that people were more suggestible when they were thinking about a big mindset instead of a local mindset. So then this American scientist spent hours on the phone with the German scientist who did the first one, getting all the information and details about how they did everything. Um, he also had to translate the data from German to English, which took more time and resources. Then he had to figure out how to translate the social context of the experiment so it was a study that ran in Germany, so they had to use, I just just use an English over there. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, maybe, maybe stick to your own language <laughs> if you're going to reproduce stuff. Um, and then another factor was Americans' perception of aggressive behavior is different from Germans. 
and the study hinged on people scoring their own perceptions of aggression. In the end, yeah, he he couldn't reproduce their findings at all, and he doesn't know why the experiment failed. Um, when you change the materials, a lot of things can become part of the equation, he said. Maybe the cultural context mattered or using different stimuli, uh, or it could just be that the original findings were wrong. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. How do you... How how can we take away from this that we can ever trust anything? Yeah, psychological study related. And even then, when when the when the study comes out, and you've got all the way the media represents it, mm-hmm. you've got all the way people half form an idea of it and then tell their friends like that that yeah, experience by yeah. which someone tells you a thing and then you really it's in the meaning of lift that Douglas Adams John Lloyd book. There's a word for it's like a a, a dictionary of uh, words for which there aren't words for things. So the little observational comedy jokes. Oh, okay. and um, and one of them is the confidence with which you tell someone a thing you've just heard yeah. <laughs> so then you've got that you've got to sort of factor in that as well you know I had to deal with that so much when I was uh, briefly trying to be a house flipper in Portland during the, the heyday during the, the real estate boom of like 10 years ago I bought a house I with a fellow comedian so it was the dumbest idea I've ever had. And he, he like misrepresented his skills at everything construction related. Oh. So I thought he actually knew how to do all these things, but uh, he was just like going to Home Depot and asking them how to do it. Then he'd come home and with confidence tell me how to hang drywall. Oh like you just learned, learned this 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and it's wrong. Like, yeah. But there's a, uh, we've talked before on the show about the Dunning Kruger effect. Yes. Oh, which is the. The dumber you are, the less capable of knowing how dumb you are. Yeah. Mm. Like not only do people. Um, not only do people, as a general rule, overestimate their abilities at most things. Like most people think they're above average at most things, which is mathematically impossible. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also, the more ignorant you are of a subject, the more you overestimate your abilities. Yeah, we, that comes up a lot on my podcast, which is predominantly comedians talking about their creative ability or skill and perceived lack thereof. Uh, whereby most creative people, like the the middle group, not the top people who are brilliant or the bottom people who are terrible, uh, the middle group always think that they're worse than they are. So, so what if you're, you're a comic you... who is thinking, oh, I don't think I'm very good at this, you're probably fine. But <laughs> also, you're probably not brilliant. Yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, what you said then is, I interview a lot of mediocre comedians. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I've been on your pod- no, podcast. Been on my podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, m- no the majority no, but of comedians. I do com- think I'm shit, uh, so it balances yeah, exactly, out. Exactly. The va- I only interview people on the podcast that I think are exceptionally good. And nine times out of ten, they go, oh, well, my big problem is this, and I can never get over this, and I'm so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're all right. They're not, they're not, they're not right. They're not right. <laughs> so the, I, I, I'm, I'm choosing between any number of versions of this story, uh, but there's a new. Uh, Humanoid, like hominid fossil, uh, homona lady, <laughs> new species I, of human ancestor discovered in South Africa. I thought Africa. you were going to say there's a new species of hominoid coming out. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, really? We yeah. regress, we've advanced. Yeah, yeah we've homona got- lady sounds like a Santana song. Here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you going with that undeveloped mandible? <laughs> um, where have they found it? Uh, so it was discovered in South Africa on a tip-off from some spelunkers. On <laughs> a tip-off? They're an anonymous one. And they covered the phone with a handkerchief and went, we think there's a new... No, nice, nobody's... Nice. I've got a hominid for it. That's the worst <laughs> South African accent anyone's ever done. I've, I've found a hominid. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I was spelunking. <laughs> We've also discovered a new accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Greek guy. <laughs> Well, it just happened to move to South Africa about ten years ago. 
picked, picked up a few little laxatives along the way, but he's yeah, I've travelled a lot actually. <laughs> anyway, back to the important bit. Yeah. Psst, there's a thing you will find it in this spelunking hole. Goodbye. So I'm 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 sorry to be so dense. A hominid is for people who maybe like not me, but for people listening. Uh, well, let me, tell, let me tell you, can I tell you what I think it is and we'll find out whether I'm oh, good in call. the same place? Oh, we should both have a guess. Okay, okay. You go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> um, uh, I believe that a new species, a new hominid probably means something before Homo sapiens and after Homo erectus. Is it one of those genuses? Uh, is it one of those categories? They've found something. I'm going to go for a bit like an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, that's what I was thinking. I, was thinking that I didn't want to say I felt stupid. I am I going to uh, give you the answer with the confidence of someone who just looked it up. Uh, <laughs> as previously mentioned, it's uh, any of a family of erect bipedal primate mammals that includes recent humans together with extinct ancestral and related forms. And in some recent classifications, the gorilla, chimpanzee, and orangutan. That is exciting. So it's sort of like an octopus. So we're yeah, both so right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, well played. But yeah. next well, time, they next haven't time. found a new type of primate. They've a found new type a new of subspecies. Something related to humans. No, actually a full species, not yeah. just a subspecies. Like a, a different... So Homo naledi is... A, a, or naledi, N, uh, N-A-L-E-D-I is the new categorization. And they don't quite... Santana again. <laughs> I believe they don't yet know exactly. They haven't dated it yet, so they don't know exactly where it comes along, um, uh, comes in the chain. But this is a, a non-human species of hominid... Uh, was deliberately disposing of its dead in this dark chamber that they investigated. Um, While they were there. (laughs) (laughs) That is the plot of the film. Uh, I can't remember it fast enough. What's the one with the seven women go potholing? The Descent. The Descent. Very good. I screamed in the cinema. Potholing is what What? we call spelunking. Potholing. Yeah, to be fair, spelunking is a stupider expression for it. I don't think even even people that do it call it spelunking, honestly. I think it's like uh, octopi, where everyone assumes it's the right word, but then someone who actually works... If you're in the biz, you call it (laughs) (laughs) K-fucking. Is the the plural of octopus octopodes? I think it's just octopuses is what somebody somebody emailed that in. Octopuses are like octopi is okay, but I think if you're in the biz, experts don't say octopi, and we think that they do because it sounds like it's fancier. But oh, uh, this is like where upper class people don't bother about what spoon to use. And yeah, right. Uh, normal yeah. people are like oh, aspirational people think yeah, there's oh, a right spoon. Use the right spoon. It's etiquette. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you're like the queen, you're gonna be like, I'll shovel it into my lizard mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which mouth do I use? <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. This bit. This species appears to have buried its dead. They might have oh, used fire God. to light the way. No way. Uh, so they thought burying the dead was a behaviour scientists previously thought was limited to humans. Uh, but they came up with a theory just days after reaching the place where fossils consisting of infants, children, adults, and elderly individuals were found in a previously isolated chamber within the cave. Um, there's no damage from predators. There's no sign of a catastrophe. We come to the inevitable conclusion that Homo naledi... Uh, it has to be malady. It has to be. It can't be like. Which is a, a non-human species of hominid was deliberately disposing of its dead in that dark chamber. Why we don't know. Or deliberately 
knocking people into the chamber to kill them. Yeah, Ooh. that could be just one yeah, serial yeah. killer. Oh. Is this the, oh, uh, it wasn't the coldest even of cold lady. cases. This is the absolute oh coldest God. case. Oh, yeah, and that's why you need someone like me turning up saying like... Burial chamber, is it? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if this were a burial chamber, answer me this. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a David Caruso a pun as you like I, put on your sunglasses. I mean, yeah, it should have been and like, flowers. Let the record show that Josie did actually just put on sunglasses <laughs> for that impression. Yeah, that's what, you know, because you're going to listen to that and think she didn't say anything, but it was more in the physical. <laughs> Yeah, I think these mics are good enough that they will pick up the tiny <laughs> click of the sunglasses. Yeah, and I yeah. think the listeners at home will have a sort of Archer-type Graham's experience of going, <laughs> yep, that's, I can see that. Uh, so the first, undis- um, it absolutely questions what makes us human, and I don't think we know anymore what does, said one of the scientists. Um, <laughs> that's quite vague for a scientist. That's just him giving himself free reign to cheat on his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do we mean by fidelity? Right, yeah. guys? Yeah. Sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> what are words, after all? Uh, honey, sorry, I'll be home in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first undisputed human burial dates to some 100,000 years ago. But because Berger's t- uh, team haven't yet been able to de- uh, date these fossils, they're not clear how significant their theory is. Uh, they tried to put the fo- new find into perspective. Um... This is like opening up Tutankhamun's tomb, he said. It's like, it's that extreme and perhaps that influential at this stage in our history. I'm I'm having a hard time not visualising Bruce Buffer going, The first undisputed human burial! (laughs) Uh, God, that's fascinating. So this this hominid's brain was no bigger than an orange. Its hands are superficially human-like, but the finger bones are locked into a curve, a trait that suggests climbing and tool-using capabilities. And and it fits in with the burial murderer theory. Yeah. Like, uh, like an inherent claw <laughs> shape. <laughs> da, da, da. Oh, um, I've got to talk him out of killing me, but his orange brain is too small. <laughs> um, it was, a, that, that gets him off. His defense attorney is like, listen, the orange brain <laughs> come on, it's not guy. capable of premeditation. Yeah, Clearly the size of an orange. Yeah, yeah like, and then like he the gets defense- him off, and they're walking out together, and he's like, well done, hominem man. And then hominem man just turns around, and he knows all. Oh, it was cabbage. Like the defense attorney that just comes in with a bag of oranges and pours it onto the desk. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. The defense rests. <laughs> oh, hang on. Does that mean we're. D- oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I just thought that was a good thing to say. I didn't realize you're only allowed to say that at the end. <laughs> no, I've got loads more questions. <laughs> Can I ask some more questions? All right. Thanks. The defense rests. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta oh. stop saying that. Oh. Um, <laughs> this is like I want to carry. I want to start carrying around a microphone, just not plugged into anything, so that I can mic drop when I leave the room. <laughs> 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 Have you ever seen Saving Silverman, the Jack Black movie? No, no. totally forgettable. But like this is one thing. He's on a he's on a CB. He's on a walkie-talkie with Steve Zahn, and after everything he says, he goes. <laughs> You don't have to make the noise. The thing makes the noise. Uh, um, all right. So this uh, this thing was relatively big. It stood about five feet tall, had long legs, and its feet were almost identical to ours, suggesting it has the ability to walk long distances. Uh, overall, it looks like one of the most primitive members of our uh, genus, but it also has some surprisingly human-like features, enough to warrant placing it uh, within the genus Homo says John Hawkes of the University of Wisconsin-Madison, uh, a senior author on the papers describing the new species. Uh, the scientists can make these claims in part because of the sheer scale of the find. Uh, they found hundreds of, 
uh, specimens. Wow. Which is, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, so far, they've unearthed more than 1,500 fossil remains in total, the largest single hominid find yet revealed on the continent of Africa, which is the cradle of human evolution. So if we are all going to get wiped out as a species, we'd be doing future scientists a favour if we all got in one room. Yeah, just get in a cave. Get in a cave, guys. Come on, into the, into the burial cave. Well, they always say that all of humanity... They always say things like, oh, everyone in humanity could fit on the Isle of Wight or whatever. Like, they've said that, haven't they? Yeah, and yet they bloody don't. They never thought that, do they? That's the Isle of Wight tourism board challenging everyone. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, guys, let's see if we can all do it. <laughs> come, to the, come to the Isle of Wight for one really pressure-filled oh, weekend. That's like that thing of, like, if everyone in China jumped up and down, there'd yeah. be a tidal wave yeah. or... I don't know if you've ever even tried... Like, you can't even get 20 of them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like herding cats. <laughs> that was my NGO. <laughs> Convincing the Chinese to jump. Oh, God, yeah, I've been volunteering for the last three years. Uh, I'm in Beijing, and I'm and just, just going around handing out flyers. Problem is, some of them, just not natural jumpers. <laughs> you know? Oh. And we try, but the education's not there, you know? <laughs> So what if half of them just stomped? I mean, does that count? If it's like a one foot thing? No, that wasn't our purpose. <laughs> That's uh, fascinating. By the way, uh, thank you to all the listeners that sent in stories. So many of them. Hopefully, yeah. um, we're going to slowly ho- get through them over the next. Like we've had. I mean, we're four, never going to get through all no, of them. But uh, but there's some mate. If you want to send in stories, probablyscience at gmail or you can tweet us at probablyscience. We have um, donators. Uh, so donors. Or donors, even it's as been, the word is. I started saying donations, and I was like, I should make it about the people rather than the act. And then I was already too far through the word. <laughs> yeah, some donations have uh, sent in some money. Uh, By the so way, thank you all of the donographers if who've gone to probblyscience.com and clicked on the donate button. Uh, we've got like a lot of people have set up monthly donations that have come through yeah, in the time we've nice been away. Uh, some really generous monthly donations. Thank you, Michael Crafty. Thank you, David Mass. Thank you, uh, Lindsay uh, Iserman. Caroline Laco. Uh, oh, a super generous one from Lynn Fortman, Matthew Arnold, uh, Anderson Matthew Jones. Matthew Arnold's a Victorian poet. See? Yeah. An arts education is very valuable. <laughs> uh, donating as well. Uh, Anderson Jones, Justin Broad, again, it's very generous of you. Uh, no offense to Matthew Arnold. generous but... too, by the way. Uh, Paolo Sayers Navarro, everyone's super generous. Madison Martinez, John Waltz, uh, Brooks Gilmore, and James Cox as well. That was very nice of you, James. Uh, those are all the monthly donations. And there are some one off donations from. Um, Victoria Riches, thank you very much. And a new donation from uh, Jacob Paulak, who we don't normally mention the amounts people donated, but I can say it, uh, Jacob's was related to the area code of Pittsburgh because <laughs> we had a Pittsburgh-related story. Uh, the drinkable book story in the Amber Preston episode was uh, the research was done at Carnegie Mellon University. And apparently whenever we have a Pittsburgh story uh, or Pittsburgh connecting story, Jacob donates. Thank you very much. Uh, and this week's Pittsburgh story. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're not going to let that one go. Surely. Start, we... I've never been to Pittsburgh. Thank you. We look forward to your donation. <laughs> I know nothing about Pittsburgh besides, isn't every, every M. Night Shyamalan movie set there? That's oh, like the only like piece of trivia. Stephen King for Maine. Yeah. yeah, I think he's from there and he wants to like throw a bone to the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob, if that was enough of a second Pittsburgh mention, probably science.com. <laughs> yeah. You can click on the donate button. If you're shopping on Amazon, please use our link. Um, it costs you no extra. We get a little kickback. You can go to probablyscience.com and click on the link there. Just a little something to keep the lights on, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, why not set your bookmark on your computer for Amazon to yes. be our link instead so you don't have to remember to type it in or go to go through our page? It's really an amazing racket. I can't believe... like we, We've made... That's 
that's netted us more than any donations than any sponsorship. It's just the Amazon thing, and it costs the listeners nothing. So yeah. thank but, you guys for doing that. Uh, but then again, I don't know I how need many. I'm going to get one of those. Anybody yeah, can anyway. Sign up. Anyone yeah. can sign up for it. Yeah. Um, you might as well. Surely everyone can sign up for it them, for themselves for their own purchases on Amazon, and then you can, get a. You need to have some kind of a reason for it. Of I don't. Uh, Andrew Solomon has one just on his own, and whenever somebody right. asks for advice on uh, a friend of ours who's also a, an IT expert, so whenever someone's like, "Hey, what kind of router should I buy?" He'll send them a link. And it already has his code in it. Yeah, great. Idea. I did all of my Burning Man stuff shopping through that link. And by the way, uh, while we're talking about Burning Man, we didn't hey, discuss it at all. We didn't did discuss we? it, yeah. but like, hey, Snake Oil, uh, there's a listener to the show called, who goes by the name of Snake Oil who left a sign for me and Andy a in the middle of a massive sign, like oh maybe God. like six feet by four feet. So, I'd say, yeah, at least that big. And and we kept getting reports all the way through the week of this sign with our names on it people are like are you doing a show or something we're like no what else does the sign yeah. say and they're like i don't know <laughs> i'm like well where is it i can't remember <laughs> so we had this mystery sign with our names on it and something and then on the final weekend um moshe kasha who uh knows the event very well said yeah it's here and took us to it and we found snake oil so hey listen to snake oil thanks for giving yeah. us a very weird Extra oh, little I wish I knew someone bit of nonsense. Snake oil. Snake oil has a great. Uh, he's part of the crew that actually builds all the Burning Man stuff, and he has a, um, a sort of an art car he's built that's just his car that has three couches on top of it. And somehow, <laughs> somehow doesn't drag. That uh, last year I went around with him on the night of the Temple Burn on that, and it was really fun. He invited us to this year. We just missed. It's hard to coordinate everybody. Yeah. At by that the time place, we got there, he was gone. But thank you for the offer. Thank Snake you for oil. the yeah. very weird extra little bonus to our time. And we'll put Amazing. a picture of that sign up. I'll show you guys if you want to see right now. It was massive. We'll put. Uh, actually, I will. I'll tweet this at probably science. The picture of this giant sign that he put out. <laughs> it looks like he's buried you there. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like a headstone. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, we um we should wrap this thing up. We will put all of the stories, all of the links to stories and everything uh, on probablyscience.com. You can tweet us. Uh, you can uh, you probably don't need us. to put the link to that spinach thing I was wrong about. That can just be lost. Okay, yeah, that can just walk <laughs> to the side of the time. Um, Stuart and Josie, where can our listeners find out more about you and track down your work? And Everybody yourself? can go to comedianscomedian.com or you can find the Comedians Comedian podcast with Stuart Goldsmith on iTunes, Stitcher and all the usual places. Or you can go to stuartgoldsmith.co.uk and see what I'm up to and then email me and tell me I haven't updated my gig list in two years. <laughs> That's what people like to do. Excellent. I highly recommend the podcast. Thanks, man. I'm very proud of it. At ComComPod is the Twitter um, And Josie? Uh, I have a website, which is JosieLong.com, and it sort of needs an update, yeah? Um, didn't, it used to be, didn't your URL used to be I Love Josie Long? Yeah, because a friend made it for me. It's great. It's so I remember sweet. it was a great website. Yeah, now that website has been bought by people who sell gold. Well, you know, like it's <laughs> scammed. <laughs> Quite like me. And um, I have a Twitter, which is Josie Long. Uh, but I, I ran a lot about British politics, and I just don't know whether that's attractive to Americans. Um, but I do have my Twitter. I'm, I'm coming to do some gigs in different parts of the States in the next little while. So if you awesome. live in New York, I have zero friends and zero fans. Oh, no, I have like two friends and zero fans out there. So please come. I'm going to be in New York between the 12th and the 25th of October. I highly recommend that. Yeah, man. Um, and please, yeah, if you're anywhere near LA, come out and see us at PodFest. We're on a Saturday at noon. Uh, if you're anywhere where you can't get to Los Angeles... Um, you can get the live stream like we mentioned beforehand go to lapodfest.com and put in the code science to get a discount and to give us a little kickback uh, so it's a win-win uh, you can donate You can um, if you're not able to donate spread the word tell people about our show uh, let everyone know tweet Facebook a lot of you have done that and people have found our show through that and we really appreciate it thank you so so much 
Stuart, and thank you so, so much, Josie, as well. And we will see you uh, pretty soon with a new, with a live episode. Thanks yeah. for having us. It's been great. Yeah, and again, don't you. forget to uh, visit jessevscancer.com and send him well wishes. We're hoping that by the time this is up, we have good news. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll give an update hopefully this weekend. And so, remember, yeah. it's not all cancer. It's not all cancer. <laughs> <laughs> In quotes with a TM at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we will uh, see you this weekend. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.